Hello and welcome to the Simply podcast. I'm Aisha Rajavelu, Content and Community Manager at Simply, and today we're speaking to Tor Goldfield, Senior Director of Internal Comms at Expedia Group, as part of our Women in Comms series. Tor has over 20 years experience at a variety of marketing and communications roles, and we'll be speaking to her today on what inspired her to go into comms, what's going on behind the scenes at Expedia Group, and she gives her tips for those looking to go into IC. Let's get started then. Hi Tora and welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself please? Yes, thank you. Hi everybody, nice to be here. So my name is Tor Goldfield. I am a Senior Director of Internal Communications at Expedia Group, the travel company. Um, I've been here for coming up to seven years now and it's my first pure internal comms role which we'll obviously talk about a little bit more as we go along. But I've worked in different comms related roles for over 20 years now, which is definitely aging me. Um, A big chunk of that in external comms. So started my career in PR agencies and spent over a decade, actually, in different PR agencies. I've also worked in a couple of marketing roles and then made the decision before I got this job that I wanted to move into internal comms and really feel that this is the space where I'm meant to be right now. So we can obviously talk about that more. Um, outside of work, so I live in Brighton Hove in the, uh, in the UK on the South Coast, which is lovely. I had lived here for quite a long time. And then I went to London for about eight years, which was a great move at the time, but very happy to have moved out of London and be back down by the sea and by the countryside. So that's been a really positive move. Um, and it allows me to do lots of fun, active things outdoors, which is something that I really enjoy spending time doing. So that's me in a nutshell. And you are the Senior Director of Internal Communications at Expedia Group. Can you talk to us a bit about Expedia Group and what your day to day looks like there? Yeah, absolutely. So. Expedia Group is a really interesting company to work in. Um, It was the first online travel agency. So the very first organisation that allowed people to sort of take control of that process of booking travel, which was probably about 25 years ago now. And since then, we have obviously grown and evolved. And so has the travel industry. And there are obviously other OTAs out there nowadays. But we are an organisation that has been through a lot of change and continues to go through a lot of change. Um, And that creates an interesting environment, obviously, in which to be an internal comms professional. It's also an organisation that's full of people who are really motivated by what we see as the value of travel. You know, travel is something that really introduces you to so many new experiences and opens your eyes to the world around us and different cultures and you know it can just teach us so much about us and our place in the world and so the people who tend to work at Expedia Group are people who really feel that very keenly who love to travel and you know want to make that something that is available to as many people as possible. So we're all driven by this quite strong sense of purpose. 
Um, and because we are an international organization, we have offices all around the world, it also means that we're really diverse in terms of, you know, different employees coming from different cultures with different perspectives. And that creates this really interesting, open, inclusive culture, which is something that we work really hard to foster and maintain and build on. So that's a, a really big part of, of what the business sort of focuses on and, and sees as being very valuable. Something that I really appreciate. Um, it's a fast moving company. So we are a tech company and you know technology never stands still so for example um won't be a surprise to hear that ai in travel and in the process of booking travel has been a huge topic this year and we were actually the first travel one of one of the first and certainly the first large ota to partner with chat gpt and to bring that tool into our platform and make that available to people so that they could you know use AI to help them think about the trips that they might go on and and plan those more effectively so that was a really exciting moment for the company uh, and we're continuing to really sort of focus in that space and think about how else we can use those kinds of tools in a way that's beneficial so you know it, it's a really interesting company to be in and I think that explains why I've been here for coming up to seven years. Um, you know, no no day is dull, it is fair to say. So you asked what an average day is like. And, you know, they're really varied, which definitely keeps me motivated and engaged. Um, so, you know, that could be anything from being involved in some very senior conversations about the strategy. Uh, it could be planning a global event, an employee event. So normally those are hybrid, which means that we have some kind of in-person attendance in our big offices, and then we also stream it around the world on Zoom. And so lots of logistics to think about there. So we, you know, we have to think about the practicalities of running an event like that, and of course, the content. Um, it could be working on a big campaign uh, that helps people to understand an initiative that we're working on like working with ChatGPT, for example or the launch of wonky which was uh, a huge moment for our company earlier this year uh, wonky is our big new travel rewards program so i can talk about that in a bit more detail in a bit um so yeah there's there's just so much going on and, you know, we also work really closely with different partners around the business. So one of those major partners is our people team, HR. Um, and so, you know, lots of conversations with them about things like benefits or our performance management process or goal setting or any of the other aspects of, you know, the, the people team process and, and creating this rewarding and effective environment for employees to be in and uh, my next question is obviously going to be about the rewards program can you talk to us about that yeah absolutely so not everybody is aware that Expedia group actually comprises various different brands so obviously the one that most people would think of when I say that is Expedia 
Um, but actually, we also have Hotels.com and we have Verbo. Now, not everyone has heard of Verbo, but it's um, in a similar space to Airbnb, so vacation rental business. And then we have various other smaller brands as well. And what we did with OneKey was we created a loyalty program that can be used across all of our brands. So it's the first time there is a loyalty program that allows people to earn points, whether they're booking a hotel or a vacation rental or a flight through one of our sites or hiring a car or booking an activity. Um, so any element that you book through one of our sites helps you to earn what we call wonky cash. And then that cash can be redeemed on, again, anything that we sell on one of our sites. Oh, sorry, a little noise there in the background. So it really gives people this opportunity to earn across a breadth of travel experiences and then also be able to, you know, spend that wonky cash and, and benefit. Um, we rolled it out in the US initially this year. And next year, we are extending that to various other markets around the world. So the UK will be one of those. And there are, there are various others as well. Uh, and it's just a really exciting program. And, and it's really easy to earn status and to earn cash. Every single trip element that you purchase on a site earns you these rewards. And so, yeah, it's um, it's been a big moment for the company. And uh, we're just really looking forward to seeing how it, you know, helps people to continue benefiting from booking travel. You mentioned that you've got employees globally. Um, I think I've pulled off uh, the internet that it was about 16,500. Um, so how do you engage all of those people? And do you have tips and tricks for this? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the first thing to say is that we really see employee engagement as being uh, a, a joint effort with, well, I say joint effort, a collective effort is a better way of saying it, with you know various people around the business. So yes, of course, internal comms plays a, a big role in that. So does the people team. And you know, you think about things like rewards and benefits, they are a, a part of what makes people feel like this is a company that they want to be in. So we partner really closely with the people team on that. And then of course there's leadership and and values and all of those good things which we definitely don't own as internal comms but that we play a big part in sort of helping to to communicate and to bring to life so we think of employee engagement as being something that you know it, it is very reliant on multiple aspects across the organization um communications is a great way of helping to make people aware of the different aspects of the business and really feel that this is a company where they can belong and where they can be successful. And so that's the sort of part of engagement that we really focus on. And, you know, there are lots of things that we as comms do to play a part in that. So one of the first things to think about is the, the nature of the stories that we share. Uh, so we really try and make sure that we do give people the sort of inside track on what's going on, that we are doing our best to create 
sort of openness and as much transparency as we can around the topics that matter to people, because that helps to really build trust. And we know that trust is a big component of employee engagement. So we know working really closely with leadership to think about, well, what are those topics? How do we make sure that we are sharing the right information with people? Um, then you've obviously got channel mix as part of that. So, you know, do we have the right forums in place to share information, to create these spaces of connection? Um, Slack is a big tool for us. And there are channels within Slack that we actively manage as employee comms, internal comms. And then, of course, there were lots of other channels that people set up for themselves. So, you know, again, not to say that we we own all of that or in any way try and control all of that. But certainly Slack is a space that that we make the most of and where we we know people are gathering there. And so we try and meet people where they are when we're delivering comms to them. So we, we think about how we use that tool and how we make content lively and bite-sized and eye-catching and, you know, all of those great things that, that you should be applying to internal comms best practice. Um, we also think about at a, an office level. So not all of our employees are based in offices. Uh, we do have some who are completely virtual. But the larger proportion of our employees are hybrid. So we ask people to come into the office 50% per month. People have some freedom in terms of how they balance that. And so we think about, well, how do we make their time in the office fun and engaging? Uh, and again, working alongside people like, our, you know, like the people team, like the facilities, et cetera. Um, but the business puts a lot of effort and focus on, you know, just making those really welcoming spaces. So we, we have beautiful offices, really lucky. It's something that the business has, has really prioritised. Our London office is beautiful. Uh, we have this amazing roof terrace with these views out over London. We can see the Shard. We can see St Paul's Cathedral. It's, it's a lovely place to be. And then, you know, we think about, well, when people are in the office, how do we create those kind of social moments? So we do regular office breakfasts which are amazing. The spread of food is incredible. Um, we celebrate lots of different sort of holidays and festivals throughout the year. I mentioned at the start that, you know, we, we try and be as inclusive as we can. So, you know, we, we, we really think about all of the different sort of religious moments that are happening for different cultures and people uh, and how we can create these sort of opportunities for people to learn about those and experience a little tiny tiny component of that and maybe taste some some different types of food and hear some different types of music and all that kind of stuff um you know and, and just things then like summer parties or you know just just these really like great moments that make people think yeah this is this is a nice place to be I enjoy coming into the office um and so there's lots of different things really that that go into this space and then there are also all of the things that I I also mentioned that we don't control controllers internal comms like benefits and rewards. Um, we're pretty lucky. I think we have a really fantastic benefits package. The company, again, thinks really hard about what is it that matters to people and how can we make sure that we're really um, 
delivering those things and being competitive in our our benefits and then as internal comms we play a role in communicating those as well so and um in terms of employee experience platforms in tech what what platforms do you use i know you mentioned slack earlier yeah so slack is definitely a, a big one uh we have an intranet it's based on sharepoint um it's you know it's a, a good place to house materials whether that's comms materials whether it's you know other kinds of, of documentation and so on and so forth um you know i think intranets are always a big topic of topic of conversation do you have one how well used are they is it the right tool so of course we're always asking ourselves those same questions uh, and continuing to think about you know is is this intranet working as hard for us as it could are there changes we might want to make so you know watch this space we may change at some point um but yeah it's definitely a, a big part of our kind of ecosystem at the moment um i think the other one that has obviously been a massive game changer is zoom or teams or whichever other video conferencing platform you use uh, the really interesting thing is that we were already big users of video conferencing before the pandemic hit because we're a global company so when i started it was the first time that i'd really spent so much time on video conferencing um we are very much a camera on kind of culture i know not every company is but we are and you know it doesn't mean that you absolutely have to have it on um nobody is going to to judge you if you have to have it off for any particular reason but there is an absolute trend towards having it on and I think that makes a big difference in terms of how connected we all feel. Um, and so, you know, we, we spend a huge amount of our time on Zoom. And I honestly don't know what we would do without it. But what it did mean is that when the pandemic hit and we all went into this new style of working, actually, for most of us, it wasn't as big a shift as it was for some other companies. You know, the, the biggest thing was obviously being at home all the time. But that idea of connecting with our colleagues in this way felt quite natural to us and in some ways um in some ways there are you know there are some benefits to to video conferencing but of course the balance the balance of the two is better i mean that's simply we are also a uh, a video on kind of uh culture as well but we mm -hmm. are all completely remote so yeah, there is there is no office yeah. um, really but we do catch each other in london pretty much every month oh nice yeah if you can just have those moments to sort of spend a bit of time together in whatever way it's just it's nice isn't it mm, definitely but the, your offices sound amazing they sound like really really fun to be at yeah we're very very lucky when people come you know when they join the company or if they visit and come and have a look around you know most of the time they're quite taken by it. <laughs> so, <laughs> feel very, very lucky. I don't take it for granted. Right. And you began your career in comms working in PR. Uh, was yeah. it at your role at Southerly that you moved into internal comms then? That was certainly a key moment. So if I take a little bit of a step back, um, my first in-house PR role was when I actually started to focus a lot more on what was happening within the business 
in order to be able to then, you know, talk about that externally. And it was my first opportunity to really get down into the, the heart of, of the organisation and the mechanics of what made the organisation work in a way that I hadn't felt able to do when I was working in an agency. And I realised that I have this deep interest in the fundamentals of what makes a business run, you know, the, the, the processes, the culture, the people. And so that was that sort of first inkling of actually, I think there might be, there might be something here that I want to explore. And then I had a role that was quite different. So I was head of student experience for an online marketing course called Google Squared. So it was run in partnership with Google and the, the business that I worked at. And it was a, a role that pulled on a lot of my comms experience and skills, but that utilized those in a different way. So I was running the team that managed the student community. So we were the ones who helped the students with all of their queries about the course content and about their assignments and you know did that through various kind of forums and mechanisms and I was also really involved in the development of the course as well because I have a, a bit of a marketing background and, and so again that sort of gave me that opportunity to focus more internally than externally and then I decided to do a master's degree in marketing communications so I was doing that full-time and I was working part time at a content agency, Southerly, as you mentioned, and we had some clients at that agency that required help with their internal comms. And it was really that moment when I thought, ha, here I am doing an MSc in marketing and actually I think I want to go in a bit of a different direction. So I finished the course. I stayed at Southerly for a little while longer, and then I decided that I was going to make this move into internal comms, and I was going to start looking for a pure internal comms role. And I thought to myself, well, what kind of business do I want to work for? And I, I really had a, a fascination and a desire to work in a fast-moving tech company. So that was one of the criteria. I wanted it to be an organisation that had a really strong and positive culture and I wanted it to be an organization that did something that I personally really resonated with and so I started to do some research and I came across Expedia Group and I thought hmm this is an interesting company I feel like this is somewhere I would really like to work and then this job came up I saw it advertised on LinkedIn and I thought I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring for this one and I was lucky enough to get it so that was really my journey into internal comms and it's just been such a fantastic move. It really has been everything that I wanted it to be. It really allows me to, like I said, like to get into the heart of the organization and it's complex and it can be challenging and it's strategic and it feels very meaningful. And you get this instant feedback from your colleagues as to whether what you're doing is working or not. You know, and we very much seek that as well. People know around the business that I and my team want that feedback. And so people will ping us and say either 
you know, that was great. Thank you for doing that. That really helped. It was really meaningful. Or they'll say, do you know what, on this particular element, actually, that didn't work for this reason, or we would like to know more about this topic, or why are we not doing this thing? And so we just get all of this, these wonderful inputs all the time that just help us to, to do a better job. And it's very satisfying. It does sound, yeah, it sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, and you are also, sorry, going off topic completely now, a trustee for Brighton and Hove Speak Out which is a charitable organisation which helps uh, people with learning disabilities to speak up and take action on the things that matter to them. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a relatively new role. Uh, been a trustee for Speak Out since June. So we're talking about sort of six, seven months now. And I had got to a point where I wanted to do something in a non-profit environment. And I thought to myself, there must be an organisation out there that would particularly like someone with my background. Um, so I started to keep my eyes open and it just happened to coincide with Speak Out looking for a trustee with comms and marketing experience. So they put an advert out. I saw it. Um, they are a wonderful organisation, um, been running for many, many years and supporting the learning disability community in Brighton and Hove really actively with advocacy services. So by advocacy, what I mean is helping people with learning disabilities or people who support people with learning disabilities to access the information and the resources that they need to lead happy and fulfilled and independent lives. And so, yeah, so I got involved and it's been it's been great with well, a, a new CEO. Uh, and so we've been working together to rethink how the business communicates and how the business makes sure the business, the organisation, I should say, um, connects with the community and, and, you know, talks about the work that's done. And it's just been such a, it's been a really nice way to utilise my background in a completely different environment and with a, a you know a different group of people and to feel like I'm doing something that is meaningful for my local community it's really important to me that I am connected to the place that I live uh, and that I feel like I'm sort of you know doing something hopefully useful and helpful so yes hopefully that will continue for a while to come. Amazing and um, going into 2024, are there any projects in the pipeline at Expedia Group that you can t talk to us about? Yeah, so obviously I've already talked about the expansion of OneKey. That's definitely going to be uh, a key moment for us. We are also continuing to focus on making sure that all of our apps, so for Expedia, for Hotels.com, for Verbo, that the those app experiences are really engaging and effective for people um, continuing to think about AI and the role that that can play in helping people to enhance their sort of travel booking experience and, and you know, during the trip and post trip as well. Um, and so I'd say those are probably the kind of the, the biggest sort of areas of focus as we look at next year. It really is all about the traveller experience and helping 
people to navigate that sort of experience of booking travel in a way that is simple and opens opens doors to them to you know to new new places to go and and new things to enjoy and as part of that we've also actually just launched what we call our made to travel fund which is where we are funding various organizations around the world that work with underrepresented populations to provide more opportunities for different groups of people to experience the joys of travel um, and so I'm sure we'll be continuing to focus in that space as well. Brilliant and uh, on to the final question which is what tips would you give people who are looking to go into a career in internal comms or just starting out? Mm, so I mean the, the most obvious thing to say is read up or listen to to various different sort of people talking about internal comms um or you know podcasters or different books there are so many resources out there now that will provide a really solid understanding of the internal comms world what does that encompass what does best practice look like in that space and um, if you are on LinkedIn, have a think about or have a, a look for different people who are active on that channel, on that platform um, and start to follow them and see what they're talking about. There are there are lots of people you can imagine. Internal comms communicators are quite good at communicating about internal comms. So I have a, a vast network of, of different people. And, you know, my feed is just full of interesting opinions and articles and podcasts and suggestions and conferences. So there's a lot you can do to really educate yourself in that space. Um, I would also think like when, when you work in internal comms, there are different skills that will make you successful. So the most obvious are the sort of tactical skills things like being able to write or being great at PowerPoint or being a you know swish video editor or any any of those other sort of you know content production kind of skills so having a think about well what do you have in your toolbox what can you offer what are you really good at but then of course there are all of the the other pieces so having a deep understanding of the business and being able to apply that in a way that is really strategic, working with senior leaders and being able to guide them on risks and opportunities and what to say and what not to say. And so you can also think about development into those spaces. How can you build your own kind of strategic business thinking? How can you work on your ability to engage with very senior people? Um, you know, so thinking about are there different, again, different courses that you could consider or are there projects in your current job that would give you more exposure to these kinds of areas of the business? You know, if you're in an organisation already, do you understand the strategy of that organisation? Would you be able to articulate that some that really clearly to somebody else? Um, so you know, think about what it is that you currently offer 
and where there might be areas to continue building your skills, whether it is more strategic, whether it's more tactical, whether it's related to um, working with leadership and, you know, just setting up a couple of goals that will help you to kind of keep moving in that direction. As an example, I mean, I'm always thinking about my ongoing development and I am partway through a course at Henley Business School. It's a professional certificate in executive coaching. And it is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I have learned so much already and it really makes me feel so much more confident in terms of being able to to guide someone and coach someone, which is quite a different kind of skill than we're necessarily used to. Um, and so, you know, that's that's another string to my bow and another way that I can think about working with senior leaders. And I've already started to sort of use certain coaching techniques in my conversations with leaders. You know, if a, if somebody wants to do something or doesn't want to do something, you can take more of a coaching approach to have that kind of conversation with them and just help them maybe think about that particular scenario in a different way, maybe shed a different sort of light on it. So, yeah, that's been that's been my current area of focus. And that was all of my questions. Thank you ever so much um, for your time today. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And I hope some of that is interesting and useful to people. <laughs>